You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's The Good Wife After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's The Good Wife After Show. I wish I could sing like her. I do too. You wish you could or you wish I could? I wish you could. I know. Sorry, I sing off tune. (laughs) (laughs) When the mics are cut, I sing. (laughs) Hi, everybody. I am Courtney Henderson. I am your host tonight. We are here for another episode of The Good Wife After Show here at After Buzz. And I better not forget my what's, lovely co-host. What's going on, guys? I'm Bobby DeMiro back again with Courtney. I'm just going to dance. I think Roya's going to play the song the whole episode. I'll dance. You talk. So. We've got it set up. It's good. You'll dance. I'll talk. Okay. Yeah. As you, long as I don't have to dance. You singing is equal to me dancing. In other words, the public, so should, not, the public should not see either one. Correct. They shouldn't. Yes. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the deep web. That is tonight's episode, episode 20. We only have two left. I, was that a whimper? It was. It was a very <laughs> soft, lame whimper. Because that's how I feel about the show coming to an end. Although I can't complain because, as we know, The Good Wife has 22 episodes, whereas most shows these days are stopping in a season more around 12 or 13. I was going to say, Some most as shows, little as eight. Most or shows six. you'd be done two months ago. So yeah. look on the bright side of things. Okay. We have two more episodes. <laughs> All right, well, first, I want to talk about Alicia getting a day off uh, because she has jury duty. But then, of course, you know, because she's a lawyer, she's not actually ever going to get jury duty. Yeah, you want to hear a funny story? Of course. All right, so my dad is a lawyer. Breaking news. Um, And he's been a lawyer for a long time in Colorado. One day, my mother was called in for jury duty. This is years ago when I was a kid. And she went in, went through what Alicia did. You wait and wait. You get called up, and then the lawyers interview you to see if you're suitable for a jury. Hold on. Did she give up her seat after some really cute guy gave up his seat and stand in the aisle with him? I don't actually know the specifics on that. Okay. Knowing knowing my mom, I am sure she did. She's a stand-up Spoiler alert. That happened in The Good Wife tonight. It did happen in The Good Wife. He was was pretty good to look at. He was. Well, for you. Okay, whatever. (laughs) No, but listen. So this actually applies to The Good Wife because it has something to do with it. So my mom gets called in for jury duty, goes in, gets interviewed by the judge. By the uh, attorneys. And as she's sitting there in front of the entire courtroom, the judge starts talking to her about my dad and about their friends and stuff. And both lawyers are looking at him like, what? Are you kidding? How do you know this woman? This is ridiculous, you know? And after about a (laughs) 10-minute conversation, stopping court, like everybody, with just the judge and my mom talking, he goes, okay, well, obviously you can go. Because nice. you, just, you can't, you know, you can't know yeah. the judge, you can't know the families. And so I worried when Alicia first went to jury duty in this episode, I said, wait a minute, she's way too high profile and connected of a lawyer. You can't put her on a jury. You don't put lawyers like that on juries. Thankfully, she didn't get put on the jury. So there no, was a I think the story that they, I think that that was what they did. A, to give her a place to meet this mystery man. Exactly, yeah. And B, to give her the justification for a day off because... She didn't know how long it was going to take. So, obviously, Carrie set up the day to not have to have her in the office. 
and like a good partner, which actually at first I thought was a little mischievous. Like maybe we would find out something going on in the office, you know, good or bad. Um, you know, like, um, like he was merging with someone or, you know, bringing in some new client or, or setting up some surprise thing for her. And so he needed her to stay out of the office. Can you imagine what would happen? So Carrie gives Alicia a day off and there's no ulterior motive, at least none that we know so far. Right. Can you imagine if Canning had tried to give Diane a day off the hell that Diane would see the next day oh in the gosh. office? <laughs> I don't think Diane would take it. Oh, I think no, she absolutely. knows better, especially <laughs> if, if Canning is insisting. She's not giving Canning and David Lee no. the reins to anything. Oh, my gosh. Well, no. <laughs> She doesn't have to give them. They're taking them. That's true. But we'll get to that. Yeah, let's start with Alicia. Alicia. Yeah. In five years, this is like her first day off, and she's bored out of her mind at jury duty. And then I feel like she's more bored when she goes home and doesn't have to be at jury duty. I think the funniest thing to me in this episode was talk about <laughs> little things that are good commentaries in this show specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so little, and it doesn't matter to the story, but it's just funny, is her trying to turn on the television. And we've all dealt with this. I am very technologically adept. I know you are too. Mm, yes. But I have dealt with these televisions where it's like a special remote and it's three special buttons, then you wait 20 seconds and then you have to press another button. It's like, what happened to a television that just had a power button? You know, just turn it on. And it was so funny to watch Alicia struggle with this television and the 15 remotes. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, A, I know you're trying to set up that Alicia's not good at taking a day off. And B, I've been there. We've yeah. all been there. Well, and I love that she's talking to Zach, who, as we also know, is the most tech savvy per- person on the show, probably as far as like recurring regular person, because he worked on the campaign and he did computer things and he's spied for Peter's campaign as far as figuring out who's sending them mysterious things. And- yeah. And so, and I, but I love how as tech savvy as he is, and I know, of course, like this is the writing. This is to set up, like you said, the bad day, the bad day off, and not knowing what to do with herself. And you know, it's it's the black remote. There's eight black remotes. It's one with a million <laughs> buttons. It's like I feel like Zach wouldn't necessarily actually say that. I feel like he would be a little more descriptive because he's tech savvy enough to be like, it's the Samsung or it's the. I don't know. I feel like you get mad at your parents for not understanding technology. You're like, come on, mom. It's the remote. You know, you just kind of throw it away. I get it. Maybe. But I'm on, I'm on Alicia's side. Televisions are too hard to turn on. That is going to be my crusade. And then can we talk about the buffering thing? Like, I love that they did the buffering because that's absolutely what happens. And it's so frustrating. And you think you're going to sit down and watch a movie finally. And I was excited to see what she was going to watch. Of course, we know we never got to see what movie she actually picked. Maybe she didn't pick it. Maybe it was just the first thing she could get to play. Probably is the only thing that worked. But it <laughs> and no- then it buffered, but but it went up to like 95%, and then it started retracting and going like 90, 84, 71. Like, Listen, I've the, never, ever seen that. that Does that actually happen? That backwards buffering is new to me, but maybe the NSA is still spying on Alicia and just trying to make her life difficult. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that it was just uh, probably an emphasis on for sure. the the lack of technology know-how for Alicia. And then just sort of how bad of an idea it is that she's watching TV. And the, because- bigger, and the bigger picture of that from, from a broader perspective for everybody is as we get all these amazing technologies that make our lives easier, in some ways they kind of make our lives a little more ridiculous and a little harder. You know, Absolutely. My first- hands get so sore from texting oh, all day. Lord. Hashtag first world problems. Tweeting and you know, you checking my Instagram and liking those photos. And I know it's, it's tough to like photos on Instagram. That's why I don't have one. Really? Yeah. Well, you got to be beautiful to have Instagram. Alicia would have Instagram. Peter would not. I feel the same way about me. Well, Eli would have one for Peter. Oh, for sure Eli would have one. So, you... I mean, well, we... <laughs> I love talking about Peter because he's good-looking also. Chris is good-looking. No comment. But 
he's not really in this episode much. No, he's barely in it. So, Eli functions, but actually, yeah, he wasn't even in the episode at all, was he? I can't remember. But let's we get don't the, see him. Let, let's we get back to Alicia him. though, because Alicia on her day off, she ends up going and having lunch with her mom. We're reintroduced, which to I her love. How she's like, "Mom, sorry, I'm really busy." Hey, mama, mama, mom. Uh, actually, I think I can make it. <laughs> and then she makes a comment. Oh, I'm, I'm really that bored. Yeah. Wow. I'm willing to have lunch with my mom, which is kind of a sad commentary. I mean, I know movies and and TV often do that where they give us this sort of stereotypical, like, I can't stand my parents. I don't talk to my parents. I mean, but I don't actually know anybody personally that has that relationship with their parents. Everybody, everybody that I know, I mean, well, most of my friends actually don't live in the same city as their parents. So their mom couldn't call them up and just offer lunch or, you know, try to meet them for lunch. But they definitely don't ditch their phone calls and screen them constantly. Like I definitely do. You have? Uh, yeah, do you I screen your do. parents' calls? No, no, Are no. Are they watching right now? Yeah, I'm sure they're watching right now. <laughs> hey, Mom. Um, but no, I, I definitely know people who do screen their parents' calls and have a relationship like this. So Alicia doing that and then realizing her mom is either a last resort or she just needed to bounce something off her mom and wasn't given the opportunity to because mom brought, you know, boyfriend number two through the door. Logan, boyfriend number 20 to her, like... <laughs> That's all. That, that's all. Mama does on this show is bring her men around. Hey, listen, gotta get yours while you can. Good for her. <laughs> gotta get. Well, I do like that Alicia just gets up and goes because I feel like that's something not as Alicia esque as other things because it's sort of rude to just kind of get up and excuse yourself, especially when we know that she has nothing else to actually be doing. And so for her to just kind of excuse herself and kind of unapologetically leave. I loved. I love that. And, of course, we see why, because she has somebody else to eat lunch with. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he wasn't her first choice, but he ended up being maybe the right choice. Here's the thing. I feel like he probably was her first choice, and she doesn't know how... She can't decide how she feels about that she's thinking about this new guy. I mean, very new. I mean, she's only known him a matter of minutes or hours at this point. Well, and remember the pressure that she's under. When she's at lunch with him, there's the table. He turns around and looks at the table who are all kind of judging him and looking at him. And he says, you know, are we being too loud? And she says no, which I think is kind of a uh, euphemism maybe for, you know, you're the governor's wife. This probably looks pretty bad. You right. know, should we be doing this? Like, she understands the pressure that if something... If something, if the, the, the seemingness of impropriety even occurs, that she's already committed some kind of impropriety, she can't be out with a guy like this. So it's dangerous. Right. She doesn't want to be on a date. No. I mean, she, I feel like she does, but she doesn't. Yeah, she does, but she knows she can't. Right. Yeah. Which is so interesting because we know that she got away with the Will affair. I mean, and, and maybe it's a little easier because they work together, so it wasn't questionable if they were at dinner because it could be a business meeting, you know, case type meeting yeah. dinner um but i feel like this could be the same thing he could just be a client or a potential client well and- the, the only issue is and this just comes to me right now and it didn't come to me when i was watching it but we just took this guy for his word when he said what he did and he, he's making this lithium-ion battery we don't know who he is what if he has mafia ties and you know i'm just making stuff up but what if he's a bad dude what if what if the press knows something about him and alicia doesn't know because he's a stranger to her and he turns out to be a guy she shouldn't be seen with. So it is risky to go to lunch with a stranger like that when you're Alicia. You don't know who this person is and what they want. You don't know what it looks like to people on the outside. So. Like if it's just a test? Like if Peter had somebody hire him to go? No, like... not, not even necessarily that. I, because I doubt Peter would do that. But I mean something along the lines of if she sees him as, oh, it's a friend. I'm just going to lunch with a guy and it's platonic yeah. and there's no big deal. 
but maybe he has a dark side or a dark past or something she couldn't possibly know anything about. But oh. somebody else will recognize him and say, hey, isn't that that guy? The governor's wife shouldn't be with that guy. You know, I'm just speculating. I see, I see, no, I see what you're saying because I was going to say it couldn't be intentional because they met at jury duty, which we know uh, at least – I, I don't know of any way that you could sort of skew yourself and rig getting called in for jury duty. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, so, but yeah. I get what you're saying where it's like a Kalinda's ex-husband. Yeah, it just Kind of been, a guy. It could have been just an unfortunate situation and she gets into it without realizing what she's getting into. And once she's there, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. Now, well, I know you're just speculating. Yeah, I mean. But I personally think that this is proof, you guys. That she is not going to be romantically no. involved with no. Finn. You knew where no. I was going with that. Listen, I'm going to... Somebody tweeted at me. I should look it up. Who. I'm leaving the studio right now. No, See you don't. later, Courtney. Stay, stay. <laughs> no, somebody tweeted that, that Alicia and Finn will become, like, work husband and wives. Um, I think that that's very likely. I feel like they'll sort of become that person to each other. Uh, but that's completely a professional business relationship. That is not in any way romantic. And I feel like bringing on this guy for her to be sort of intrigued with and interested in and attracted to, uh, I think that that's sort of like, that's sort of, for me, the satisfaction that so far... Listen, I'm not I'm happy. Looking, I'm looking pretty good with my prediction All right, first that off, Alicia and Finn do not be romantic. That The viewer tweeted that to me, too, and I blocked him. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't block him. It was him. a girl. Or was it a girl? Yep. Okay. The one I'm talking about. Well, then I'm sorry. Then I blocked her. I'm just kidding. I didn't block anybody. <laughs> um, I saw that tweet, too. Block I know what you're saying. Block him before he blocks you. I will say this. There's no way you can ever beat Courtney in an argument, folks. She's going to win. It's Coco. She wins every time. But... When I was in sixth grade, oh, my Lord. teacher predicted that I was going to be a judge. Well, you do judge people, <laughs> so. so your teacher was kind of right. Um, but I will say this. I'll just tease it right now because news and gossip comes at the end of the show. But I have some news and gossip that is going to destroy your Finn and Alicia prediction and is going to back me. But that's all I'm going to say right now. Let's keep talking about you Alicia. just kind of spoiler alerted your own news. No, not at all. you got to see what it is. Trust all me. right. All right. All right. Well... <laughs> Anything else you have about Alicia and um, about this whole day I off? mean, she'll, uh, more stuff's going to come up as we go. But I think right now, it just the broadest thing for me was it was just funny to see Alicia's day off because she's she's just bad really at bad taking at a day it. off. Yeah, well, you made the comment doing. to me as we were watching the episode that she didn't even go home and change and put, like, sweats or something. Yeah. Even something more comfortable on to, like, lounge around the house and watch TV. She's, like, still in her, like, perfect jacket. Yeah, she's in, like, her work jacket. And I'm sure she took off her shoes or whatever. But it's, like, she's still a little... Close to the vest. She can't totally relax. She can't just hang out. I will say this about Alicia's day off. The scene on the couch with her mother when they're both drunk and they're talking about dad dying. She wasn't she's drunk. Like, she said so. Or, you know, a little tipsy, <laughs> whatever. Um, that was a great scene. Agreed. Slow. And not not slow. I mean, I mean, not fast. Paced out well. Right. Very intentionally, simple. Yes. Intentionally. Like, everything was deliberate. Very simple, very emotional, very... I just watched that. You know how you know how many notes we take? For the people who are watching this on YouTube, we take pages of notes, each of us when we're watching this thing. <laughs> During that scene, I just stopped taking notes, and I was just like, this, is, this is fantastic. Well, it, and we don't see Alicia's mom like that very often. I mean, and, and really, this deep and this sort of just actually nurturing motherly, yeah. this is the first... Where it's like, not really questionable advice, because we know, you know, Alicia's mom absolutely was like all in favor of her... Seeing what could happen with Will, you know, which most moms probably wouldn't condone uh, an affair when your husband's a governor, et cetera, et cetera. But her mom, we know, is a free spirit. And I just felt like this was a really good scene for that where she just sort of was really grounded and just mother-like, especially after yet again kind of being her normal playful self and bringing Logan 
to lunch or, or having him show up, you know, yeah. unannounced. Truly. Just, you know, what, an hour or two before? Final point on Alicia before we move on. I just want your thought on it. The fact that she went back to the drink at 7 p.m. and didn't walk in, what do you make of it? Well, I mean, her last line, the last line of the episode was, who am I being faithful to? Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm thinking, of course, that's Will. Yeah. And that's why she's saying it. And that's why she kind of thinks this is crazy because he's not even here to be faithful to. And we know when she talks to her mom, she says, this is surreal. Like, it just doesn't feel real. And, And so I think that there's a part of her that sort of, it's like she knows he's not coming back, but it's like, I won't lose him completely if I keep him in my heart in that place. And by going in and getting the drink, it might it might just take a little bit of him out and put a little bit of something new in. And she's just not yet ready to risk that. I don't think it has to do with Peter. Well, I think it has to do a little bit with Peter. What's the title of the show? The Good Wife. What's the premise, the broad premise of the start of the show? She's cheated on and has to be the Which good wife. Which we talk about, or she talks about with her mom, actually. Th- that, that simple conversation had yeah. a lot in it, actually. And it, but no, but that's the thing. And it's the idea that she's not necessarily being faithful to Peter in the traditional sense because they don't have a traditional relationship right. anymore. Right, at least not right but now. But it's this idea that she's the good wife. She's a mom. She's a business person. She's a lawyer. She's a partner in her law firm, which makes her a business person. She's well-connected in court and the legal system she has two children she's a public figure she can't be going and seeing having fun that would be wrong she can't let her hair out and put mm-hmm. a drink with this guy she has to keep it together and it's like it, when she says who am i being faithful to you're exactly right it's will i think it's also a little peter because there's some sort of public loyalty there and yeah. i think it might even be like a little she's being faithful to professional alicia professional alicia doesn't do these things professional alicia works i have to go back to work which you know? we know she's not happy at work yeah. i mean she, she does she feels so lost and this is kind of the first time we see her not fall apart but acknowledge head-on some of these things that she's feeling that we've sort of seen with a little bit of the emotion and unraveling you know with will's death yeah in the in the previous episodes All right, well, I could talk about Alicia all day, but we should probably move on to the case of the episode, Silk Road. We learn about um, the Pollards and their grandson, and and we know this is one of Diane's clients, which actually very nicely intertwines Diane finding out about David and Canning having her assistant... I love David Lee. ...screen her calls and, like, you know, filter messages to, to him and to Canning. Yeah. You know, so but more on that later, but but I just I love how they're the the right you know um, Robert and Michelle King are just so good at writing this and and bringing in writers that know how to use the same tone and and kind of keep that consistency. And this case, you know, it's it's actually one of my favorites that we've seen in a while. There was a lot to it. And I didn't feel like it was overbearing in the episode, but it got a lot of screen time. You just like it because of Bitcoin and you invested a ton of money in Bitcoin. A ton. No, I'm just kidding. No, but you're right. No. It was it was an interesting case. I would case. be Alicia like that when it comes to Bitcoin. I wouldn't even know where to go get one. Yeah, I actually online. don't know. I actually don't know anything about it either. So, but no, you're right. It, it's an interesting case. That's not like the murder case. It's not like the Jeffrey Grant case. It's not like some of the other cases we've seen. It's a seemingly a more simple case, and there is a murder. But it's just a cool, intricate kind of case. It's a little bit different, and it had my attention. Even, Absolutely. Even if the canning situation had not been going on behind the scenes, it still would have been an interesting case. I wanted to see it resolved. It didn't get resolved in this episode, and I was mad. Tell them. Yo, no, he he was just like, that's the end? I'm like, well, maybe it'll be back next week. I mean, we don't know. Now, is that how my voice sounds? Is that the end? Is that the end? You sound just like that. Kind of sexy. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you. Just kidding. I, I will not talk like that. You sound a little Kermit here. the Froggy. So that one is... was. 
I am a little green <laughs> with envy of uh, nice, I don't know what. Nice I'm, just save. Try, I'm trying. I'm trying nice to save, save myself. But okay, so the Silk Road case. We have poor little Robbie. I don't know if I can really say poor little Robbie because he looks pretty guilty by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did you believe him at the at the beginning? Did you, I mean I I actually kind of felt like him and Canning were sort of onto something with that whole like impressing the girls and he just wanted to to for Corsica, you know, like especially get, get-, get her impressed. I mean, with with saying that he was like the founder creator, not not with the reviews thing. Like I think yes, yeah. he got involved, but it's like. He's clearly tech savvy. Well, especially because of his physical limitation, Robbie's physical limitation, yes. and Canning's physical limitation, yes. and how they use them to manipulate people. And I know manipulate may be a strong negative word. I don't mean it negative manipulate, although Canning does. No, I say, but they use and it, it looks like Robbie did too. Exactly, for, for pity or for love or for attention or whatever you want to say. They do use it to manipulate people on some level. And I agree on that point with Canning. I liked it. And I know this is another thing you disagree with me about, Courtney, so I'm probably going to lose this argument, too. And I want to see how this case resolves. It's minor, but I want to see it. I think Lyle, the grandfather, is involved with Silk Road somehow. He was there too much. I know what you're going to say. Rich guys are overbearing. I get it. I actually don't, but whatever. I think the grandfather was somehow involved in Silk Road. He may not be as tech-savvy and couldn't have done that, but he's like the silent partner or something. It's not just the grandson, but go on. Speak your piece. I know I'm wrong. All I'm going to say is I did not say that you were wrong. All I said was that at the end of the episode— if it resolves, because at the time we didn't know that it wasn't going to, if the grandfather is not involved, that would not be his his behavior in the episode and being in all of the meetings and being concerned and protecting his grandson would in no way actually be out of the norm for somebody of that sort of like society and and money, you know, being one of their top clients, being one of their richest clients. That's just sort of the way that those people are. Pollard is Lyle is Diane's client. He's bringing his grandson in. He's probably paying for the services that Diane is providing as his lawyer. And I think that it's just one of those where I mean, the kid's in college. He's like twenty years old, twenty one at best. Probably can't even buy a beer. And you know, when you've got somebody coming in and putting you in jail for four to fifteen years because of a class one felony, like. Are you saying your parents wouldn't be there? No, they would be there. I'm just saying that the grandfather was so over-involved and so trying to, like, manipulate Diane and be involved in every single question. I think he was involved in in Silk Road in and of itself in some way. Which I I actually think that that could be. And I think that that's part of why this case and this episode were so good. Did you see that acknowledgement? Yeah. If you're watching, there's an acknowledgement that I actually said he might be right there you go <laughs> by the way for for just for the record our engineer tonight is roya she told me off air before the show she agrees with me too bobby wins two to one well this time if we go to like tally up the scoreboard roya's looking at me like don't bring me into this <laughs> well, that's terrific <laughs> <laughs> she's like no i'm not talking I, I don't to you wanna, guys I don't wanna, she, she doesn't even <sighs> want to speak up no it's well, tough it's, being me it's probably really tough to be you i mean where's your overbearing grandpa not I need here. I You're need, doing just fine. You know what I need right? to get over you in this show to push me over the hump? I need Canning and David Lee. They need to start manipulating you, and I got to make partner on this show because you win every argument. Um, That's never going to happen. You'll see. <laughs> David and Canning aren't partners in this firm yet. M- managing partners. Yes, we know they're both partners. They're in this going, firm. though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about let's Diane. Talk about that. Because Diane 
has to deal with this case in Silk Road, but she can't really deal with this case because she has a huge thing bearing down on her, and that is Well, no, she withdraws Tanning. from the case but, because I mean, the she the finds out yeah. that it looks... I mean, it actually looks like from these encrypted emails in the cloud that he set up on Corsica's computer that, that he's, he's actually gonna, setting up Corsica that he's gonna to take himself. his fall. Yeah. That's what it looks like, yes, and perjure himself, which means lie on the stand when you've said that you will... T- Swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. Hand on the Bible, etc. Exactly. So that's that's that. So yeah. So she withdraws from that, and I don't think that that's because of the David Lee thing. That's because she doesn't want to represent somebody that she knows is going to perjure themselves and lie in court. And I thought it was interesting that she didn't tell Lyle that. Well, that she didn't say that was why, that well, he might it, perjure himself. It's a tough conversation. If we're going to go with your argument about Lyle, that he is the grandpa and overbearing and wants the best for his kid, and let's say Lyle's not involved with Silk Road, I don't know that I would even tell him that and be that blunt and say, hey, I think your son's involved, or your grandson's involved in this murder. I think you got to let him down easy. That's a tough thing to say to a grandfather in a sterile law office and say, well, I can't represent, represent your client because he's a murderer. Because I, I think he's guilty. You well, know, that's, yeah, that's touche. All right. That's You're tough. right. You're right. And, and Finn knows she's lying. Finn immediately knew she was lying and said she's taking herself off the case for a BS reason. You know, what's going on? But Lyle doesn't know she's lying because Lyle doesn't live in the legal world like. Well, she doesn't does. say she doesn't. She doesn't lie. She just doesn't give a reason. But that's the thing. Lyle can't see through the non-reason. Oh, reason. right, right. Yeah. Okay. Whereas, of course, Where Finn, Finn can does. and instantly calls Alicia exactly for the backup and kind of confirmation on is this. And I thought it was really respectful that he asked her if it was okay. You know, if she felt comfortable talking about it, knowing the whole. You know, I guess the little bit of history that he does about Alicia and Diane's relationship yeah. having previously worked together uh but so diane is also dealing with this whole issue as canning and david lee try to take over subtly i love when she fires her assistant Ooh, i love that well i just love she didn't make a big thing of it she just walked into her office when she found out that she got those flowers and her client had gotten this work and i was surprised that she on the phone was like uh, what was this for? I don't, you know, I don't remember you asking for that. And I feel like it's one of those where you just say thank you and ask questions later. And then you go to your assistant and you say, I got these for this work. What up? I don't remember getting that call. I didn't do this work. What, what happened? Yeah. Um, and I think that it was totally like a smoke and mirrors type thing on David's front. Cause it's like, this is one client where you did the work and you gave her credit. You did that so that you could cover up, like, the bigger scheme. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if this, if he did that on this client, like, what has he done with credit to his own name for her other clients? And you're saying that this wasn't the assistant's fault. She was doing what she was told by David Lee, which he admits to. Yes, but, I mean, that is her fault. She's Diane's assistant. So I'm sorry. If some other partner in the firm comes up, especially when you're the assistant to the managing partner, to you the, che- you check to with the Diane name first. on the door, you check with Diane. You first. say, hey, Diane, Yeah. they're saying this. Now, I'm sure David was very convincing, and he probably played it off like, I don't want to make a big deal of it because she just lost her best friend and her partner, and, you know, I'm just trying to help while she's in this time of grieving, you know, and I'm sure he sold it. But do you think that if he'd gone to somebody like Kalinda and said that, that she would have just gone oh, with it? He no. Know, he knows better than to go to Kalinda. He has to go to assistants because they're weak enough. I don't mean that pejoratively, but they're weak enough and, and have a low enough status in the office that when he goes to them, they're too scared to speak up against a partner, even if he's not the managing partner. And they'll do what he's what they tell what he tells them because he is so much above them. By the way, 
if you are keeping score at home on the official Diane Lockhart scorecard in Season 5, I believe that is two, count them, two intern slash assistants fired just in cold blood. The one right after Will died, well, the girl that crying. that was an intern, and she'd been there a week, and she deserved to go. Whoa. We talked about that yeah, on I that know. episode. But this is Diane. She's just she's just walking in saying you're fired. and wa-. She's Donald Trump. She's not Donald Trump. She is so much better than <laughs> Donald Trump. Don't ever compare her. Her hair is so much better than his. <laughs> like, let's just start there. and Touche. I mean, no, it's toupee. <laughs> See what I did Where, there? Where's the, where's the joke? <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke. No, I mean the, I mean the, the sound, the drum. Oh, the oh. joke was good. I wanted Ba-doom. the little. Ching. Yeah, I wanted yeah. that. Terrific. Yeah, oh, I got, you. I got. See, I'm terrific, just like you. <laughs> All right. Well, so you know, I think that this was absolutely. I don't think it was in cold blood. I think it was very much just like you screwed me, so you're out. It's pretty calculated. It had to be. I know. I that's liked what I'm saying. It. But that's oh. two for Diane. Now it's oh, like yes. boom. She's not going to come bring in somebody and says, "Here's your severance package," and here's we're going to oh, help no, you. Find. I love that. She well, says, Pauline no, knows why she's gone. I mean, maybe with the intern, it was a little like, "What am I being let go for?" But she's also an intern. If she was an employee, I don't know that Diane would have done that. You know, if it was somebody that had been there for any amount of time and actually probably had a conversation with Will. Sure. She would have been more understanding. I just mean like the Diane part of it. Diane's like, boom, like this is it. You're fired. That's two in season five. Yeah. The question is, as the season ends, you get two more episodes. Can she get one more? Maybe she'll fire another intern. Maybe, but I love actually because that brings a point. She says to Kalinda, I believe, that she feels like she's channeling Will. Yeah. And maybe this is the Will part of her coming through because I feel like those are things very much that Will would have done. And he wouldn't have thought twice because he's kind of a hardballer. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. I believe Kenny Rogers said that. It's never been truer than it has for Diane Lockhart. Well, and she has a lot coming up with these, these guys. I mean, did you believe them? Did you at all at any Canning point believe that, that Canning was like they were actually just trying to help? And that Canning was dying? Yeah. Um, well, as my father says, we're all dying. So in a way, yes, he was dying. But no, the 12-month thing, I think it's total crap. And he knows it's total crap. And David Lee knows it's total crap. And did you notice at the end of that meeting, Canning walks out after the thing about how he doesn't want pity. David Lee stands up to walk out and he pauses in front of Kalinda and Kalinda doesn't let him go. And he gives her just like this very subtle little like grin or something. Yes, I so I so saw that. That that to me is them being like, you know, we're right in front of your face. We're doing something. You can't prove it. We're going to get you. And it's like him challenging Kalinda and Diane. And that's the unspoken first, you know, volley of the Civil War of, of Lockhart Gardner. And this is David Lee and Canning in some weird yeah. team versus Diane and uh, Kalinda. Did you like that metaphor, the volley in the Civil War? I did. Pretty good. actually. Well, but applicable, right? Yeah, it is. It ab- absolutely is. And I, I think it's interesting because with Diane and Kalinda, I mean, da- David, oh, no, I'm going to mix this up. It was David or Canning, one of them, that kind of threatened because she was just uh, like a contractor. She was an employee of Lockhart Gardner. Was that the scene with Canning when she picked up the baseball and then threw it at him? I think so. Was it that so. one? Because it was but you Canning. Know, you know what I'm scene. talking about, yes. right? Where they basically threatened her for working for Diane on the side, saying that you know it would affect her income and working with Lockhart Gardner yeah. as their exclusive sole um, investigator. Yeah. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we know he is dying. We don't know the actual timetable. 
you know, because I, I feel like that's something that they couldn't make up. I want to know. Now, the meetings and the estate planning, like, I would imagine on some level all of that is true. But they found that as a good reason to hide the true scheme. Listen, for Kalinda, I want I know she's a great investigator, but I want to know how she investigated that he was dying. When she comes in and, and Diane says, is he dying or is he trying to screw me? And she essentially says both. I want to know... It, because with, with, with doctor-patient privilege and stuff like that, confidentiality, she's not investigating and going to his doctor's office and getting Canning's medical records. So how did she find out that he was Is dying? she not? Ah, Is that, she well, not? Oh, first off, even if you have an inside person, it's horribly illegal. Like, even for, like... Because everything that she does is crazy illegal. No, but illegal. I'm saying even for Clint, that's, like, terribly illegal. You don't go get a partner's medical records, do you? There actually might be laws about when you're a partner that those are open i don't think and look so. at the laws with our president Ooh. of this country yeah but i think a civil servant is a little bit different than the partner Well, no they a, would have to waive their right i think i i don't know i think i mean maybe i don't want to speculate either way because we don't I, know you what, know but, i don't know i Ooh. don't know either i mean in the, in the private sector that might just be like a company policy that they would say you know to be, to work at this level because it's a choice to become a partner and to invest would, would you become a partner if that was on the table? You had to give up your medical records and make them public? Yeah, i got nothing to hide. Really? Wow. What, what do I have to hide? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you have weird medical diseases <laughs> no one knows about. I'm just saying, like, that's a private thing to give up something like your medical records. I don't know that that would ever come into a contract, but if it does, I don't know if I would sign it. Really? Yeah. All right. Man. Noted. Wow. Well, well I, just, I mean. Folks, it looks like Courtney and I are not going to start a law firm anytime soon. That's probably good. Well, I mean, we'd both have to go to law school, so. Oh, that's minor. Even Don't worry about that. Even if we were starting one, deal. it wouldn't be soon. Not a big deal. Pretty sure we can each do law school in like two months. Not a big deal. <laughs> well, I want to move on <laughs> to my other favorite man on the show, the newest edition, although I guess maybe he's not the newest edition now because we have Mystery Man, which I did not catch his name. The guy waiting for Alicia at 7? I didn't either. I feel bad, and I know they gave it. So if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're on iTunes listening to us and you can comment or tweet us, tweet us his name. The date. The, the date at 7 p.m. Yeah, the that jury she met at the jury who I said, a, next time I'll just say I'm a lawyer. I know he said his name because he introduced himself to Alicia, and I was writing down, and we both missed it. So. Yeah, we did miss his name. Such is life. Yummy. That's what I'm going to call him. Yummy. But, but that's not who I want to talk about. I want to talk about Finn Polmar, who is now a vet because we have this new guy. Yeah. <laughs> Finn's no Five longer the rookie. Five episodes in. And, uh, and him and running for the state's attorney. Because that's where we la- last left on the episode last week. Was him finding out that Peter endorses him. And so Eli calls him and he's watching it and cut and now we're here. And, well, he got his cases back. We saw that because he's the ASA in the case against the whole... Uh, Silk Road. Silk Road. I wanted to say Bitcoin. I know it wasn't against Bitcoin. <laughs> but in that in that case, you know, so he's he's got his cases back. He's working it, doing a great job, it looks like. And and we see Eli starting to sort of meddle and who's running his campaign. Eli sets up an interview for him, which it's kind of actually great that Finn is running and that Peter endorsed him because he's gonna in a way get to kind of sit back and just kind of take this whole campaign and this whole thing as it comes because he has to win, says Eli. And we all know that when Eli wants or needs something, 
He will find a way to make it happen. Well, do you notice that Eli, talk about adding extra work to yourself. Like Alicia's always <laughs> trying to work and doesn't want a day off. Let's talk about Eli not going to get a day off because he's already working for Peter and the governor and all that that entails and whatever else. Yeah, he's connected everywhere. Chief of and now Busy job. Eli goes to Finn and calls him and says, who's your campaign manager? And Finn's like, I don't have one. And Eli's like, you know, that's no good. And then the rest of the episode, Eli spends media coaching Finn. So guess who's Finn's campaign manager? Yeah, whether he likes it or not. Eli! Yes, Eli Gold. We're stuck with him, which is awesome because he's really funny. And this. we love him. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, okay, that so that, I love when he says the interview's at 6. You know, I'll see you at 2. And yeah. he's like, you said the interview's at 6. He's like, yeah, we have to prep. It'll take an hour. I'm like, so that makes it 3. So what are we doing from 3 to 6? Well, maybe you could only meet at 2, although maybe an hour to Eli is actually four hours of interview. Well, prep. you know, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's Eli, and he takes this stuff very seriously. Almost to a fault. Yeah, although in Finn's defense, Eli coaches him, Finn does pretty well, and then the interviewer, the anchor, throws him a curveball about Finn's sister who had a drug overdose. Yeah, Leah. And with And Eli had knowing nothing about that. Finn handled it pretty darn well. I agree. I think he handled that, I mean, the best that you could. And being on the spot like that, you know, and I kind of wonder if in the back of Finn's mind he didn't know that that might come out or if he really knew that that was... Hidden. Well, and if it, if it happened years ago, whether or not it's hidden, it was something that happened three, three years, years ago. ago or something. It'll be three years in but July or whatever. that's not that long. But it's, but it's it, enough time. I don't think time. in the world of politics. No, no, no. But I mean, it's enough time personally to come to some kind of a grip with it where when yes. somebody asks you about it, it's not like it happened last week. The Will Gardner thing, which would have happened, you know, a couple weeks ago, you might still be in more shock. I, and I was surprised that it wasn't harder for him only because we saw his first day back in court and that was really hard. Now, this is different. This is an interview. This is about you and and you're not in the courtroom, so it's you're not it's not sort of a déjà vu thing, yeah. but still having to speak on it and having been prepped on how to speak on it when I know that he doesn't feel like he is the hero. Which kind of, you know, like Eli said, kind of makes him the humble hero. Yeah. That you a know, hero, the, a hero doesn't brag, he deflects. Yeah, and Finn, and Finn did that before Eli even said that because he's like, no, I mean, it was Will. Will's the one that tried to get the gun. Yeah. You know, and so, yes, he's giving facts, but to have to talk about it so candidly in the way that he does that's sort of strategic to make him look a certain way and come off a certain way, what, Finn doesn't like it, we can tell, because he has to, to speak about that, and he does a great job, and Eli is so pleased with him. And then the whole Leah situation comes up with the drug overdose and addiction and he's he's like i should have told him to go to hell and eli's like well it's you're officially a politician now because you didn't yeah and you wanted to which was a cute moment i love that well because it's one of those where it's like finn whether you like it or not you're kind of cut out for this yeah i think you're i think you're in too deep and now you just gotta wade through well it is called the deep web Ooh, i like what you did there do you all right well maybe i can do it again (laughs) but before we move on to news and gossip, I just want to remind you guys and say thank you for watching and listening. Please go on to iTunes, subscribe, like us, comment, give us a rating so that we know whether or not you like what we're talking about. If there's anything you want us to change, include, stop including, uh, just let us know. And if you like what you hear, please give us five stars. And you can also watch us on our YouTube channel and you can tweet at us at AfterBuzzTV and at our personal ones, which we'll give a little later. Yeah, we'll do that We've got to say something for the end, right? Exactly. You can't give it all away right away. But seriously, I mean, interaction, I love it. Keep it up. We want to hear from you guys. Yes, we do. All right, hey, let's get to news and gossip. That sounds kind of interesting. 
News and gossip sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. Roy is in rare form tonight. Sorry, guys. That'll be my last one, I promise. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't got to promise that. Keep going. After Buzz TV News. All right. We got three fun things tonight. Really more gossip than news. The first one, Alicia Florick, Courtney, was at the White House Correspondents' Dinner the other night. You're looking at me like you're just shocked. That's right. Juliana Margulies was at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I don't know if you saw it. Always a very funny event. They do this every year. Joel McHale from mm-hmm. Talk Soup and Community was the host. He was very funny. President Barack Obama was pretty funny. I just I was confused because you said Alicia Florek. I know and I that's was something kidding. that she could be at. So well, she's a political wife. So I was just like, are we talking about Alicia? Or are we talking about Juliana? No, we're talking about Juliana. So but, that's why I had a look of like deer in the headlights. But she looked like Alicia. She was dressed like Alicia. She was ah, very put okay. up and well kept and beautiful and professional. And so I, I wonder, wonder if there she spoke like Alicia. I don't know, but I wonder where was Peter Florek at this event? Oh my gosh, you know they're not married in real life. No Chris Noth. They're not married in real life. Yeah, I know that. I'm just teasing you. I'm teasing you. Oh, I don't understand your jokes. Let's move on to gossip number two. This one, you are not going to like. The folks at home will like. Actually, they'll probably call me out for this, too. And I'm the only one who thinks this. Bustle.com. The great people at Bustle.com. My favorite website. They put together a list of seven reasons why Alicia Florek and Finn Polmar are perfect for each other. I'll have ten online tomorrow on why they're not. Let's review the seven reasons because it's gossip. Number one, Finn is a hunk and a half. You know who agrees with that? Ding, ding, ding. Courtney. I do. Number two, he's brave. Remember what he did for Will Gardner? You know who agrees with that? Ding, ding, ding. Courtney. I do. Number three, he's caring. Also, C, Gardner, Will. You know who agrees with that? Ding, ding, ding. Courtney. I do. Number four, like Alicia, he has some healing to do. We're talking, of course, still about Will. You know who agrees with that? Ding, ding, ding. Courtney. I do. Number five, he understands Alicia. Similar law careers, similar paths, lots of similarities in what they do for a living, and they're both sensitive souls. You know who else agrees with that? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, come on. Don't shake your head. It's I know not, you agree with that. It's not. It's not because Alicia doesn't want to be a lawyer anymore. <sighs> yeah, but it's okay. Fine. Number six. There's a hole in your story. That was it. I found it. Number six, Finn is not Peter. Enough said. I'll agree with that. There you go. Five out of six so far. And number seven, Finn might be the next state's attorney, and Alicia knows about powerful relationships. Do you agree with that? She does know about them, but she's already in one, so she doesn't need Finn. Okay, you know what? That's six out of seven. You agree with Bustle.com's six out of seven reasons why Alicia I agree that those are things about Finn that are true. I don't agree that those are reasons why her, Alicia, should be with him. I don't know, Courtney. It sounds like you're coming to my side. Alicia All I'm and Finn. saying is, no, no, no. There's no way they put our mystery man on the show if she was going to be with Finn. I guess we'll see when we get to predictions. Let's do our number three for news and gossip. Our last one. This is kind of cool. The Sydney Morning Herald. That, of course, is Sydney, Australia. Don't I know like if, it there. Don't know if you've ever been. I've never been lucky enough to go to Australia. Debbie Anker is a TV writer for the Sydney Morning Herald in Sydney, Australia. She calls The Good Wife the best show on network television. Period. End of story. You How know about who that? else does? Who? It's a little less official, but on Twitter, there are there's this group of mystery executives in Hollywood uh, and mystery VP... And Mystery Executive, they've talked about this, how it's like the only good show. How do you know that they're Mystery Executives and not 13-year-olds? 
Uh, because trust me, if you go listen to the things that they say, they don't talk like a 13-year-old. I don't know. 13-year-olds are pretty adult nowadays. Just go check it out. All right. Well, whatever. She does say, and I quote, uh, The Good Wife is, quote, a welcome reminder of what Polish network shows can do well, compelling single-episode stories, which is true, longer story arcs that stretch over seasons, allowing for a satisfying and sometimes surprising evolution of the core, and productions that can maintain their quality and momentum over 22 or 23 episodes a year. Boom. Very, very good. Not a review, just kind of a, a endorsement, an endorsement of the Good Wife. Good well, stuff. Well, and from a little Australia. bit of a little bit of uh, I can't think of the word, but the word that would, in one word, say what I'm about to say, which is that this is exactly what TV should be, and sort of a commentary is the word I was looking for. That was a, the most <laughs> eloquent thing I've ever heard. A comment. This is a good commentary on what people think. TV should or could be in its heyday that it is definitely in the last few years veered away from really in the last decade with reality TV sort of taking you know the television spots by storm interesting you say that about reality TV and, and veering away from she also says that on cable television like the Breaking Bads the Walking Deads we are in one golden age of television drama so the worse is getting worse like reality maybe yes. but the better is getting better and the good wife for them is at the top of the heap Sydney Morning Herald so the Australians love it well they should Interesting. I, All right. I love it, too. I'm out of news. Let's go to predictions. All right. And now, you're after Buzz TV. What's going to happen? Ding, ding, ding. Courtney. I just wanted to say that one more time. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I do. <laughs> I just, now I feel trained. Dang it. Okay, well, I, I, my prediction, uh, it's not really a prediction, but I love that they're readdressing the whole Finn being in Alicia's apartment, because I thought that was so weird when that came up. They're bringing it back up because we see that Alicia and Finn are photographed, or, or Finn is photographed leaving her apartment. Uh, it also looked like in one of the photos that it was her standing outside the restaurant mm-hmm. when she didn't go in. I couldn't tell. It was really quick. We know that Castro's behind it. So, I mean, I think that Castro is going to try to basically get Peter to change his endorsement. I think the only thing that it's going to do is push Peter farther away from it. And I think that he's that Castro is using the you're going to endorse your wife's lover you know to try to manipulate him but I don't think it's going to work because Alicia and Finn are not romantically involved and they never will be ding 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 that's wrong okay I I'm going to stick by my always prediction that Alicia and Finn are going to get romantically involved but that's not really a prediction because I'm just committed to that now and even though it may never happen I'm going down with the ship What I will say, my prediction this week, and it is way out of left field, and I'm sure it won't happen either, but God, it would be fun. At some point, I think that Canning is going to get in a situation at Lockhart Gardner where he is going to be pushed out or have to leave or he's going to steal clients. And hey, why not? He's going to go to Floric August. He's going to die before he gets a chance. I don't know, but my prediction is Canning and Alicia will work together. Ridiculous, I know, but hey, let's have a little fun with it. It's predictions. He's always wanted them to. Yeah, why not? He's always trying to hire her. There you go. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another After Buzz After Show of The Good Wife. Which, one last thing, they changed the music. Yeah, the theme I know. music. We didn't really get a touch on that. <laughs> I just, did anybody else notice that? Please tweet me and let me know, or tweet Bobby. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at C O U H E N Cohen. I'm at Bobby DeMuro. Keep tweeting us, guys. We want to hear from you. Thank you so much. Have a great night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.